Dr. Abby Kramer is a chiropractor from Chicago specializing in nutrition, lifestyle coaching, women's health, pediatric care, and musculoskeletal health. She is certified in a number of techniques, such as Webster technique, neuroemotional technique, and functional movement techniques from Rock Tape. Dr. Kramer is also a professional applied kinesiologist, having completed extensive study with the International College of Applied Kinesiology, and she is my guest today. What's up, everybody? My name is John Campioni, and this is the Rock Tape Podcast. Let's get restarted with Abby Kramer. I'm going to full disclosure. Now we're recording. I didn't hit record before. So we got into this whole great conversation, but only the beginning. So Abby, what's up? How are you? (laughs) I'm great. I'm not going to block it from our audience at all. I totally did something stupid. So I'll totally admit to that as well too. What we were talking about is how Abby and I both are uh, National University graduates. We're both chiropractors and uh, our paths never really crossed. I was uh, covering the clinic just about the time you were in the clinic, but you were saying you were uh, kind of at a, a, a different site when you graduated in 2015, right? Yes, I did my internship at the Salvation Army Clinic. Um, Let me ha- how did you like Salvation Army? Because you know we can get into explaining that to the audience about it's, it's a lot different than you know normal uh, internships for chiropractors. Yes, it's so different. So it's at, it's this whole building, you know, run by the Salvation Army, and it's a rehabilitation program for individuals with um, problems with drugs and alcohol and, and stuff like that. And so they live in the building, work in the building, they'll work in like the warehouse or in the store and st- sorting and stuff like that. And upstairs, randomly, is a chiropractic clinic. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I actually loved it. I wanted to go there since day one and we'll really? get into this. But because, well, first of all, I was like, when am I? I knew I wanted to practice in the suburbs of Chicago. And I was like, when am I ever going to see a population like that? Like, I'm going to be <laughs> soccer, you know, be with soccer moms the rest of my life. So. <laughs> I knew I would see like such different things. I mean, the things they told us in school, like you'll never see this in practice, but we have to learn about it. Like we saw at Salvation Army. So that's true. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, previous drug addicts are amazing patients. They loved taking their supplements Mm because it was like pills they could take every day. They were so compliant (laughs) and they always kept their appointments because when they came to see us, they'd like got out of their shift. That's a good point. Yeah. So it was awesome. Like we would, I mean, be like fully booked every single day because people, they loved coming to see us. So it was a great experience. It was an interesting experience. I remember when I did my round out there, it was a different place than what it is now um and it was less populated we didn't get a chance to see a lot yeah the other location yeah was always like dead from what i heard yeah and and even you know during christmas of 2014 i don't know if you were there uh but i covered like one day you know clinicians get kind of passed around a little bit but it was kind of dead that day too so i felt like i never really got a good experience uh the full experience i never got the full experience yeah Yeah. i shouldn't say good or bad but uh we like called ambulances it was very exciting really we had an episode of chicago fire filmed one day while we were there what? Yeah. Yes. They turned. Oh my it, they made god! It like a high school, and they yeah, 
the whole set was there. They had like the tables with all the food for the actors, all the trailers. It was crazy. Wow. Did you see any of the dreamy actors that I can't name? No. And I don't watch the show. I don't think they were really filming like during our shift. They kind of started later, but (laughs) that's pretty cool actually. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat. So did your time, because you know, you mentioned that you're probably not going to see populations like that, but you actually get into um, your practice is, is, is very, very holistic, I would say. You don't yeah. necessarily focus just on the musculoskeletal side of things. Right. You do address a lot of nutrition and um, holistic care within your practice. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your practice. Man, so my practice is really kind of everything. I mean, I would say it's pretty much a family practice. We see I mean, I've literally gone and like treated moms in labor in the hospital and, you know, I mean, I adjusted my daughter the first second I could after she was born. Um, And we have patients in their 80s and 90s. So it really runs the whole gamut. But I would say probably my average patient is like a middle-aged woman. Um, And I see everything from traditional, you know, chiropractic physical cases of neck pain, low back pain, knee pain, you know, all that good stuff. Um, down to like chronic diseases. We have patients come in with Lyme disease. We have patients come in anxiety, depression, IBS, hormonal imbalances. It's pretty much anything that people want to treat holistically. Mm -hmm. You know, my average patient is the one that comes in and is like, I've seen all these doctors. I've had all the blood work done and they say I'm normal, but I know there's something off. You know, that's like the perfect person that I want to see from a yeah. more like, physiologic perspective. Is that something that you thought about when you were in school? Cause you know, knowing now working with chiropractic students on a daily basis, I hear it all the time is, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. This is my specialty. We mm-hmm. know that it never really works out like that. Is that something right. that you thought about or did you have kind of a, a focus goal is like, I'm going to totally be about rehab for instance. Right. I more took a 180, uh, a few trimesters in, so with my background, I was an athlete. I majored in exercise sciences. I was a personal trainer before I was a Cairo. Mm. Um, and I, at first was all about like Mohepal and sports rehab and all. And I loved all that stuff. And I was like convinced I wanted to be a sports Cairo primarily. And I still love that stuff. Um, but for me, you know, like so many people say it was really through my own experience that I got opened up into this whole other world. Um, and that was, I think it was second trimester. I was training for a half marathon. I was running like crazy. I had a horrible it issue on my right side that would not go away. And I was like doing all the thing, everything I knew at the time, like I was doing correctives and taping and going to the clinic and getting adjusted and getting grassed in and, you know, everything I possibly knew. And it was horrible. I could like barely even walk. I was so much knee pain. And one of my friends, um, perhaps to Emma Nugent, if you're listening to this, she, uh, for like a year had been trying to convince me to go to AK club and AK, blah, blah, blah. You know? And I was like, no, I'm going to be a sports Cairo. You know, I was like, AK is weird. Yeah. Totally did not think it was for me because we will talk about this, I'm sure, but because yeah. of some of the misconceptions and whatever. Um, but sh- it happened to be a Friday, and that's at the time AK Club was on Fridays. 
And she was like, just come at lunch. Like there's a bunch of interns that are certified in AK that maybe they can like find something different and help you out, you know, whatever. And she, she basically took me kicking and screaming to AK club. <laughs> and so I was like, fine. I went in. Um, and I don't know if you know him. It was, um, well, now he's Dr. Conrad Jishkoviak. Did you know him at all? Because he the was name, like a couple of years ahead of me. The name sounds familiar, but I can't place a face to it. You probably would know him. But anyway, um, he was there and basically did like two things. He tested some muscles for their function, turned up, you know, helped facilitate some muscles, did a couple like gentle adjustments and was like, okay, get up, like go walk, see what you feel. And I literally like over 80% of the pain was gone. Wow. And like, he did like nothing. It was <laughs> stupid. And so I was like, uh, okay, what is this? I have to learn it. And <laughs> it just so happened that like in the next week or two, the hundred hour certification course was starting and like someone wow. dropped out. So I got in, it was like all very meant to be. Um, and from there, I just went down the rabbit hole and AK is just really, it looks to address just like I do in practice, the people really holistically. So it's not yeah. only, you know, musculoskeletal stuff. Yeah. That's so interesting. More than, more so that you ran a half marathon or trained from a half marathon during second trimester. Oh, yeah. I was, I mean. <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know. Not okay. Another, yeah. What, there's another phrase we use for second trimester. What is it? Hell. It's called hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty amazing, but it's so fun to hear that story. Cause it's such a common story is you found something that worked for you and you realized, wow, this worked for me. I didn't think anything else would work. I've tried so much that didn't work. Right. And now I've seen results. I have to know more about it. And I think right. so many of us really get into that and realize that something works well when it works for us. It's so, so weird. Cause people talk so much about how, you know, we would, you know, die for our families and the people we love, but we, we wouldn't, you know, take care of ourselves. if it came to like chocolate versus vegetables or something like that. But when it comes to healing ourselves, it's like, wow, I need to know all about that because I can start to help people. So you jump down this rabbit hole and, and I'm very interested because I've heard about applied kinesiology all my career. Uh, I've, uh -huh. I've looked into it a little bit. I've read books about it too. I'm fascinated by it. I've never done the formal study myself, but I'm so fascinated to know a little bit more about it from a professional, somebody who uses it every day. And then even talking a lot about some of the misconceptions that are out there because it is a controversial system. Um, if I could use that phrase, uh, yeah. where people have a lot of misconceptions, they make assumptions about it. And of course they then jump to conclusions about it. Right. So Tell us a little bit about AK, kind of what is it? What do you do with it? How do you use it? Because it is a pretty vast system. Yeah, it's like incredibly complicated. And I think that is like the number one misconception is people think it's totally like whack. Yeah. They just think it's like voodoo. Everyone that does it is crazy. Um, and to that, I would say like, please don't YouTube applied kinesiology. You are not doing yourself any favors. Don't YouTube like, anything in healthcare because you're not yeah, going to get the just, good. Just no. Um, but the bottom line of applied kinesiology, we use what's called the triad of health. So if you think about a triangle, all right, there's three sides. And so with every patient, we're considering the base of the triangle is structure, which is like your physical structure. So chiropractic, muscle work, you know, rock tape, all that good physical work. Um, and the other two sides are nutrition, so like diet supplementation, 
and the mental emotional side of things. And so the whole concept is like, if one of those sides of the triad is off, like the whole thing is. And that's where really for me, I discovered that was the missing link. Um, you know, what was going on with my IT band was really like a huge glute mead and max weakness, right? Mm -hmm. So TFL is overcompensating. Um, and I was working to correct that. But what's cool is in AK, through the acupuncture meridian system, each muscle is related to an organ system of the body. And so in those cases where things keep reoccurring, even though you're doing all the great things, it's a good thing to know. And for me, the glutes are related to the reproductive system. Lo and behold, I mean, my adrenals were 100% dead. Mm -hmm. um, and my cycles were really off at the time. I hadn't had a menstrual cycle in like eight months. Oh, wow. And Conrad, this like intern was the first person to point that out. He's like, okay, what's going on with your hormones? You know, <laughs> things off there for sure. And it's like making it hard for you to heal. And I was like, oh my God, that's a great point. Yeah. And so that's what really shifted. I changed my diet. I incorporated way more fats. I was like eating zero fat, um, which as we know, like cholesterol is a precursor to like all the hormones. So I didn't even have the building blocks to create hormone on my own and nourished my adrenals more. I cut back, not on the amount I was trading, but the pace I was running. Um, I slowed way down so my adrenals could actually like calm down a bit. So almost to an extent of you, you were maybe overtraining. So you backed off. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was like running way too hard. I was just taxing that adrenal, you know, adrenaline cortisol system. And when that happens, basically your ligaments and tendons are trashed. So that's what's the case for me. So then I was super unstable everywhere. And so no amount of like correctives was going to fix that until I like put my body in a better state to heal. Um, so that's for me, what was made the world of difference in my own healing. So that's why I was like, I have to know about this for my future patients. Um, and now I really address the triad with every patient, no matter what, but even for people to know some of these correlations can be really powerful in those like chronic cases where you're kind of plateaued. Yeah. What's, one thing I always thought that was so cool is how it does kind of take um, an amalgamation of just about everything. You know, you talked about acupuncture meridians, um, reading some of the AK textbooks I see, um, uh, origin insertion techniques mm -hmm. and, yep. um, you know, very specific types of like pin and stretch. Yep. It has a wide variety of things that people go, Oh, that's this, or that's that, yeah. Yeah. you know, how does one kind of evaluate from an AK perspective and decide kind of what's the best thing to do? Because it isn't a technique per se. It's, yes. it's a conceptual system. Yes. It's a system and it's a diagnostic tool. Okay. And, and that, I think, is a big misconception as well as, you know, this is the difference between, like, you can see someone, you could find a million practitioners that say they do some form of kinesiology testing. Yeah. Okay. But that really doesn't mean anything. What I would recommend is you look for someone that's certified in applied kinesiology from the ICAK, which is the International College of Applied Kinesiology. If someone has that certification, they've done at a minimum a hundred hour training course and taken a written and practical exam. Mm. So it's much more standardized versus you can go for a day and learn how to test a bunch of muscles, but it doesn't mean you really like know sure. what you're doing. Or yeah. the, the technique, you know, means anything. But 
that's where kind of every practitioner, I think that practices applied kinesiology is different because like you're saying, it's, you learn all these different tools and then it's kind of up to you as the doctor, how to apply it. And based on your patient load, you know, for me, when I was first learning AK in school, I was just applying it to a lot more physical stuff when I was first learning it. I mean, the value of knowing how to functionally really neurologically challenge virtually every muscle in the body is pretty awesome. Um, So even like analyzing gait, I'd watch someone walk and then, you know, test even just all the muscles around their ankle joint and be like, Oh, that's not what I thought. I would have thought, you know, peroneals were weak, but it's Mm -hmm. really the tip posterior, you know, and then you can do whatever work, however you want to do it. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. it all works. It's just whatever you like doing. Absolutely. So, you know, you could tape, you could grastinate, you could cup it, you could floss it, you you know, pull whatever tools you like, dry needling, whatever you want to do, ART. Um, And then it's kind of, actually, it's similar to rock tape's philosophy is like, watch someone move, test some muscles, do your thing, test them again. Yeah. It made a change. You're on the right trail. You know, yeah. <laughs> if not, keep hunting. So I just find it as such a valuable tool, even just from a physical standpoint, to know how to test those muscles. And I think that's the other misconception is that if you're really certified in applied kinesiology, you have practiced testing muscles in the correct way with the right mm-hmm. pressure and the right arc um, for hundreds of hours. You know, a lot of people kind of learn muscle testing on a whim and then mm-hmm. you're not necessarily reliable. And that's a lot of the flack um, AK testing can get too, is there's so much variability. Okay. But how many people are seeing like a different AK practitioner every day? Most people like my patients are just seeing me. Mm-hmm. So they're only being muscle tested by me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But everyone learns within the ICAK how to test muscles the same way. And it's all, yeah. it's all physics. It's all what vector are you using? And why? So maybe getting into the history a little bit of, of AK, why is the muscle test such an important aspect to it? Because I think that's another misconception that people have is that AK is muscle testing. Muscle testing is, is always AK and, that's not always the case. You see muscle testing and other things, but yeah. I, I will absolutely say from experience, if you want to learn muscle testing, talk to an AK practitioner because yeah, you guys are wizards sure. at it too. So why is the, the muscle test such an important thing for you guys? Right. To me, it's important because I mean, it's <laughs> assessing muscle function on a neurologic level. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. Which is so different and that's really what matters you know as I mean as chiropractors I think anyone would agree um when you put it that way and then you can really find where the actual problem is you know it goes back to like one of my favorite people of all time Perry Nicholson all his stuff is like stop chasing pain you know I, I mean someone's gastroc is all full of you know, knots and cramping up and whatever, like stop treating the gastroc. And that's yeah. basically what AK teaches. It's like usually the problem's on the opposite side, mm-hmm. but you can't for sure know if you don't test it, you know, so is it tib anterior or whatever um, and fix that. And then the gastroc can actually calm down. Yeah. So to me, it's helped me find a lot of really minuscule things that I would not have found any other way. 
Yeah, it's that's when kind, I was It's kind of Ida Rolf's uh, old adage: "Where you think it is, it ain't." You know, yes. it's it's a, it's a diagnostic tool, and and you said that mm-hmm. perfectly. It's helpful with figuring out what the problem is, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to figure out you know where to put the nail, so to speak. You know, that old yeah. old parable. I won't get into that, but. Um, can we talk a little bit about some of the misconceptions? Because I think that's something that is important to talk about for anybody yeah. listening to this that might be like, that sounds really great, but I've heard this about AK and it scares me kind of thing. What are some yes. of the common things that you get? Maybe somebody addresses you specifically about them because they want to understand if it's actually true or not. What are some of the things that you hear? Some of the things I hear, I mean, like I said, the number one thing is that it's like voodoo. Um, but isn't anything that works effectively if somebody doesn't understand it that's what drives me nuts i'm like (laughs) try and find peer-reviewed double blind placebo like high budget research on anything we do in chiropractic like thank you i mean most of it's case studies (laughs) i I don't know i don't really care if my patients feel better but that's me (laughs) um but I think a lot of it is that people aren't really trained or educated versus, mm-hmm. I mean, I think most of my colleagues would agree at least it was funny because in school, this is how it was. Everyone thought AK was weird. Mm-hmm. However, everyone would be like the smartest people are in AK club. <laughs> and if no one could figure out what was happening with someone, they'd send them to a kid club because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we just did weird stuff and it's like well sometimes it works um so i think that's a big misconception that it's like oh it's just uh, this weird stuff people don't really know what they're doing but a true applied kinesiologist has had like hundreds and hundreds of hours in training like far more than most other certification seminars require um and most people just don't know what it is that's yeah. the problem and i think ICAK just has a huge branding problem. <laughs> like okay. if, they could, if they could brand themselves better and like more just easily describe what a play kinesiology is and the yeah. benefits, I don't think there would be that, it would be that big of a deal. And the other thing is just, I mean, look, it's like in any profession or specialty, there's great practitioners and there's not so great practitioners. And some of the not so greats or people that just put weird stuff out there is like, maybe some all someone's seen or maybe yeah. they've only seen one person that said they did applied kinesiology and it was like totally on a different planet sure and they were like this is okay you know yeah. just like how many people did you see in practice probably that saw one chiropractor and had a horrible experience and then yeah. they never Good went point. back Good so point. i think it's just you know if it's something you jive with or want to learn more about if you're looking from a seminar perspective, take it from the International College of Applied Kinesiology. Like, don't go anywhere else. Um, yeah. Because that will be like an accredited, like, 100-hour training course. And you'll see how crazy and in-depth it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to learn about it, go to a good source. Like, on my practice's website, um, theoptimal.com, we have several, like, professional videos we've made about applied kinesiology where you can see demonstrations and... Um, so yeah, just seek out a credible source. Don't YouTube. Okay. Yeah, please. <laughs> let's please. Why don't, let's just throw that out there right now. Yeah. Like, please don't YouTube any like healthcare profession 
Cause yeah. you're like anybody who's putting that out there on YouTube is probably not someone you really want to see anyway. <laughs> so, right. Right. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm sure there's good out there on YouTube as well too, for marketing purposes, stuff like that. But you know, that's not the place to go for healthcare advice. Right. No, no. Yeah. So let's move track a little bit and talk a little bit about, uh, some of the rock tape, uh, stuff that you do. Um, I'd be interested to know, you know, what, what are some of the tools that you use uh, within the rock tape uh, library and how does it work with what you're doing when you're using your AK for diagnostic purposes, figuring out what's wrong, yeah. you know, looking away from where the complaint is, what sort of tools do you uh, pull out of your toolbox to help right. you with treating your patients? Um, man, I mean, I use everything from rock tape. I love rock tape. Um, <laughs> And we love you. (laughs) So, I mean, that's so hard to answer. It it depends on the person. But, um, I mean, probably the thing I use the most is tape. But Mm. I've also been exposed to that for the longest. I've been using rock tape for forever. Um, And I love it. I mean, there's something too. Patients love going home with something on them. Sure, yeah. Even if it's placebo, whatever. They love it. Um, but I've recently been doing a ton with pods as well. I really love using pods with movement and with helping to retrain movement patterns. Um, cause I'm kind of weird. I, I feel like in practice, I have a split personality. Like there's the part of me that I love, like I get excited when a good, like hot ankle sprain comes in. <laughs> yes. Cause you know, like you can make a difference so quickly. It's like you're yes. a miracle worker and you like a great point. It. Yeah. Um, so I love doing like flossing and taping and like all that great stuff with stuff like that. And when something like that comes in, I'm like all physical rock tape stuff. Nice. <laughs> um, and then my other personality is this, like then my next patient could be someone with a line. It's like so crazy. I never get bored. <laughs> Um, but how I utilize the stuff, I mean, it depends on what's going on with the person and depends yeah. on the mood I'm in. Some days I feel like being super manual and I'm doing more like <laughs> ART type, you know, sure. um, yeah. really like digging in there. And other days I'm like, yeah, let's throw some cup, you know, some pods on there and have them do some range of motion. That sounds fun. So let me ask a better question then, you know, maybe since you have such a kind of a wide variety, you just gave a great example as one patient could be a hot ankle. The next would be like a Lyme patient. Yeah. Um, what kind of off brand, if you will, uh, uh, uses are you using for like, say tape, you know, something that somebody wouldn't think about. Cause we all think about musculoskeletal disorders. Do you use it for anything kind of off label, so to speak, just because, um, you know, I know people who use it for gut health by, you know, taping over the gut and working on, on fascia through the, uh, internal right. organs. Are you using it for any kind of stuff that nobody would, would necessarily think of? Um, wow. That's a great question. You know what? I really do primarily use it for physical stuff. However, not too long ago from our dear friend, Perry Nicholson, again, hmm. I got a great tip from him to do tape like right behind your ear, right up by the mastoid. The vagus nerve one. Yeah. yeah. I did that. I did it too. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, that's awesome. So I've recommended that to a couple people, but, um, no, I really pretty, I don't use tape for a lot of like internal stuff to be honest. Sure. Yeah. There's a, I mean, it, it's nice to kind of stick within the wheelhouse and everything like that. 
Yeah. Um, and you said you're using pods a lot as well too. So a lot of the uh-huh. mo- movement cueing for anybody who maybe hasn't taken a pods course, kind of talk about what you do as far as helping someone move a little bit better using the pods with movement. Yeah. I mean, one of the top uses I love for it for is posture correction. Yeah. Um, so I'll tape or not tape. Well, I'll do that after probably, but I'll take the pods, um, you know, on the scapula, upper traps, even like anterior, um, delt pec kind of all over that area. And you cue them. Like, I want you to bring the pods closer together. And they're basically bringing their shoulder blades, you know, down and closer together. And then I'll have them kind of slouch forward and go in and out of that a few times. And I mean, my patients that I do that with are like, Oh my God, we have to do that every time. I <laughs> like They love it. And they feel such a difference. And for a lot of people, if they haven't done that motion, it's like a neurologic disconnect. They, it's yep. hard for them to even do it, right? So having the cue of those pods so they can yeah. feel their body in that space is so powerful in a different way than tape or anything else. It's fun using those pods too. You know, the red and black, you can talk about making one color touch the other color. And right. It, it, you can make a game of it, which, which is really cool with uh, what's going on with the pods. That's actually one of my favorite applications is to, to do it with that cueing. Uh, yeah. I'll take like a rubber band, wrap it around that, that pod. And like, right. this is what th- you feel that stretch. That's wrong. I want you to back off of that. Stretch right. Kind of thing right. Too. People, totally. people love that stuff. It's love fun that to be stuff. creative with them. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the cool things about a lot of our tools is we could just kind of have fun. You know, the concepts kind of like what you're saying with AK, you know, you understand these concepts, you can do so much with it. Right. Well, and that's where I, um, that's where since the beginning, I've jived so much with rock tapes education because, I just can't get my mind around, like, you have to do origin to insertion, 10% stretch, blah, 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 boo. I can't do it. <laughs> like, first of all, there's no way that actually matters. It I doesn't. Mean, We've seen research that proves it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I just, like, I'm a kind of creative in the moment person. I don't like protocol-based anything. So yeah, that's you sound I, a lot like me. That that's what appealed to me too. Cause yeah. I, I, I kind of think, I think I know where you're coming from with this, you know, the school that we both went to and graduated right. from, um, there was a, a certain, um, uh, what's, what's the right word? Um, uh, a, a specific, you know, taping company was kind of integrated within <laughs> uh, the education right. system. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, oh, but yeah. you know, it was taught like origin insertion. It's activation completely insertion. different education. Very, very different, very protocol based 13% stretch on the tape. However, you can measure right. that, you right. know, Y strips to I strips, all that stuff. Right. Right. And I was exactly the same way. It's like, I can't do that. It's, fr- it's frustrating me to right. remember all that stuff. And then it almost kind of puts it, well, there's a wrong way then. And then I'm yes. scared to do it wrong. But when you yes. understand the concepts like we teach, there's no right or wrong. It's what works. Right. And I, so I think it was right probably after you graduated or you left national. So my first rock tape seminar, I think was the first one they had in Lombard because mm. it was like 2013 early. Okay. okay. Um, and that was right when I was learning AK and all that stuff too. So I remember like sitting in that seminar, just like nerding out. And I was like, Oh my God. And I was with my buddy Conrad and we were like, we have to try this out with like muscle testing. And blah, was, blah. was it on campus or was it no. in a hotel? It was in the crown it plaza. The, it was in the crown plaza. Ed I took that it. course. 
Yes. I took that course. That was, was my there. first rock tape course. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah. How did we there. never meet each other I going to the same it. school and the same education? I don't know. I was probably <laughs> like third try. I didn't know anyone except my friend Conrad. And yeah. then after that, I went out around to everyone. National was like, uh, you guys got to get on this rock tape train. And then that's like, up. Yeah. I, that, like I said, that was my first rock tape course. I was in practice with my wife. We were using a different kind of tape, very common story. It wasn't staying on. Yes. She had the, she had education from a school. She went through the certification of another uh, company. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would like to learn about tape. I'm going to go yeah. to this rock tape course. And I was blown away by the education so much so yes. that I, that I started teaching for them. Yes. Like that's how much. And yeah. the, uh, I, I was thinking like, we have such a similar story. We have the exact yeah. same story, that's apparently. Yeah, exact same. It's insane. <laughs> You're saying that I'm like, uh, it's 2014 or 13. I think it was yeah, 13. Yeah. And then like, no, it wasn't on camp. That it was, was like first one, one of the first seminars I ever took was rock tape. That is awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So you actually have, um, uh, I don't know if rock tape was necessarily involved, but you actually participated in some research mm-hmm. using muscle testing, using your knowledge from AK muscle testing and rock tape. Tell us a little bit about what you did. Yeah. So, whew, man, I don't know if I advise doing research. I mean, in <laughs> hindsight, it's worth it, but we for sure did not know what we were getting into. Um, were you an intern at the time? Yeah. Okay. It, it was probably, I'm pretty sure it got published like a couple months before I graduated, but it was probably like a year and a half process, which honestly is pretty fast, but it felt like yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, so, well, it sparked originally from that first, both of our first rock tape seminars. <laughs> um, my friend and I, we were just like playing around, you know, there's so much workshop time and it's like, all right, tape everything, go have fun. Yeah. So um, we would play around with, we would like, let's say on me, muscle tap, taste, test everything around my hip, glutes inhibited, <laughs> okay tape along the glute. Oh, now the muscle's strong. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And we found that basically 100% of the time, if <laughs> tape is applied over an area of not a weak, a neurally, neurologically inhibited muscle, thank you. we're talking a muscle on like a four out of five scale, mm-hmm. um, that the muscle would then shift to a neurologically facilitated state or a five out of five. And we played around, around with this for a really long time. And we were like, we have to see if this is reproducible. Like, is this just in our heads or what? Because we're like on both sides of the fence, this will like blow everyone's mind because yeah. coming from like the ICAK is very like, our stuff is the best. They're not the most open to like new things. Right. And we were like, rock tape's amazing. What's wrong with you guys? Like you just, <laughs> like they don't understand it. Right. Just like yeah. people don't understand AK. We're like, you don't understand this is affecting neurology. It's like actually a big deal. And so we were like out to like prove it. So what we did, you guys can find this study. It's like 25 pages long, but it will be back up online soon. We published with the ACA Rehab Council. Um, So you can Google that. It's an online publication. But anyway, we took a group of 21 gymnasts. So they were competitive gymnasts, all within a similar age group. I can't remember exactly what the age range was. But so what we did, we went in during one of their practice times. 
and we did um, neurologic muscle testing on all the main muscle groups around the ankle joint. We decided to use the ankle joint because most other studies published on kinesiology taping at the time were about the ankle joint. Okay. So we decided to go with it. So we tested the tibialis anterior, posterior, the peroneals, and the gastroc, scaled them all. Then we did uh, passive and active range of motion of the ankle joint with a digital inclinometer. Then we did a functional squat assessment, like overhead squat. Um, using We used Spark Motion, which was an app at the time. I don't know if those guys are still around. And we I measured... I think so. I think it got bought by Nike, actually. Oh, cool. Um, so we measured knee valgosity. And then we did the shark skill test. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. I, it's been a long time, but I've, yeah. It's, it's the like the tic-tac-toe, basically, you make with tape, and you're on one leg, and you have to jump in and out. So like into all the boxes, back to the middle, into the next mm. box, and you go all the way around. And it's a timed test. Um, and you basically add time for every time they mess up. So if they like go out of the square, if they stumble, whatever, you add time. Um, so that really looks at like agility and control. Because yeah. we wanted to see like, what is this tape affecting really? Mm-hmm. Um, so we did all of that before. Then we would tape any over any muscle that was neurologically inhibited. So on some people it was two, on most people it was like just one. Um, and we didn't do exactly rock tapes, like, cause we had to standardize this somehow for yeah. purposes. So we taped really over the muscle area, kind of similar to how other companies would teach tape. Um, and we had to say, like, we did unfortunately have to say, like, we did origin to insertion, but we right. had to be able to recreate it. Right. So, but we did do it with movement cause that was very important to us. So we did have them like stretch the tissue while we applied it. Um, then we did all the assessments immediately after taping. Then we had them come back 48 hours later and did it all again. And the cool thing was that every single subject, 100% of them, any muscle that was scaled at a four out of five went to a five out of five immediately after. And every single one of them that held for 48 hours. Wow. Which was pretty awesome. So for me, clinically, that's like, okay, tape's actually doing something when my patient walks out the door. Absolutely. Which is pretty cool. Um, None of the other results were uh, statistically significant. (laughs) Nothing got worse either. Okay. So that was important to us. Like sometimes the results that aren't significant are actually significant because a lot of people, at least in the applied kinesiology world, would argue like, well, what if that tape is making muscles hypertonic? Or what if it's too much? Or what if fine, it's, you know, quote, turning a muscle on, but what is it doing to their power, their performance or range of motion, right? Is it making something tighter or whatever? Yeah. Um, so that was the cool thing. And, you know, our whole point with the study was like, we also don't know, it'd be interesting to then give these gymnasts like a rehab program, do these three, you know, functional movement exercises for the next two weeks and then have them come back. And then, yeah, they probably are like stronger and faster and, and whatever. So that was our study. 
I mean, it seems like a simple study, but man, it took a long time. Yeah, but yeah. really cool results too. And you know, you, you use the phrase statistically significant. We see that all the time in research. That doesn't necessarily mean nothing happened though, too. That's a, a, sure. something to point out. Yes. And, a res- and from a, outside of research, clinically, a result's a result, especially if yes. it's a positive result. So consider that, you know, if you, if uh, I'm going to try to find the study and see if we can get it maybe on rock tapes research page. Um, yeah. so we can kind of pass it along to everybody, but, um, I can send you, I have, yeah, I'd love that. It's in the queue to get reloaded up to their website because of their website funkiness, but I can send you, <laughs> I have like the original document with all the photos and all that stuff. Yeah. I would love to see that and read that. That is such a cool study. And yeah, I mean, clinically, if if I see a good change, a, a good result, then that means something to me. And I know right. I can actually use it for the benefit of my patient. Mm-hmm. Totally. Did you have any difficulty with kind of designing um, that study? You know, that is something I'm going to fully admit I'm completely ignorant about is how do you go about kind of designing a research study? Oh, it seems like three lifetimes ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> when I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. Okay. Like, literally zero. Okay. And I research. I'm the type of person, like I read a study and my eyes go crossed in 2.5 seconds and I'm like, <laughs> just get to the conclusion. Um, so it was, it took a lot of work. I mean, we were literally like, I mean, I was a student. Conrad was like, probably in his first year of practice. Like we were like yeah. Googling how to write a research paper, like, <laughs> so but you know, who helped us so much. She was the nicest, most generous person in the world is Steve Capobianco. Yeah. So at the time he would like get on Skype with us and like walk us through stuff. And he helped us so much, like gave us, um, like folders full of all the current research on tape, which that was really important that we included that. Like no one has studied, you know, this type of application or, you know, cause we wanted to hit something that really hadn't been looked at before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to have all the parts, like the intro, all the procedures, the like analysis. The, luckily I had another good uh, friend in my class in school that she was like a nerd at like Excel and all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, here's all our findings, do your thing. And we'll put you on the paper. Um, (laughs) all the numbers. Um, I was more the person to like get things going and contacted like all the, um, I mean, rock tape was so generous and like, you know, helped us out with product and spark motion gave us the software for free. Like everyone donated everything we used. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's great. And also, though, why wouldn't they, right? I mean, sure, literally yeah. proving that their stuff works. So Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, that honestly wasn't that hard. I reached out to everyone, and they were like, yeah, I'll send you stuff. So, but yeah, it was not affiliated or done by Rock Tape. No, but, but you know, and, their product. and you, yeah, you could make the argument, too, kinesiology tape is kinesiology tape, but you still do see studies that use a specific brand name, too. Yeah. And well, if, you're getting, if you're getting really strict into research, they're – there definitely could be limitations when you use different brands. So yes. well, you know, we that's a good point. Because in previous studies, they have <clears throat> talked about muscle tone. And that's a lot of what we talk about with the, you know, applied kinesiology testing, you're affecting muscle tone mm-hmm. and neurologic facilitation or inhibition. Yeah. That and is so cool. Yeah. 
before it had not shown to be statistically significant. However, we dug a little deeper and found that they were using different brands of tape. And so Uh. our hypothesis was that it worked with rock tape because of the increased stretch, because there's 180% stretch versus 120 in Ah. the other study. So, yeah. Interesting. There's more studies that could pop out of that, it seems, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, this was like a pilot study, and we were like, there's so much more we could do from there. But we were also like, who wants to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Great point. (laughs) Yeah. Great point. Great point. That is uh, so cool. You've had such a cool experience with getting into some really, really neat stuff. And, you know, I'm just kind of scouring your website and you just have a whole wealth of knowledge up on there. Tell everybody where they can find you um, online and, you know, tell us a little bit about what they can find on your website. Um, Yeah. So online, my personal website is Dr. Abby Kramer, Dr. Abby Kramer. Uh, dot com and I've got a bunch of blogs on there um you know my outside of private practice I just have a huge passion for helping people be their healthiest self so I'm really passionate about putting free content out there about um you know what people can do how you can help like all the stuff I hear about every day low back pain anxiety weight loss no hormone mm. balance chronic headaches, you know, like there's so many things people just don't know, like simple adjustments they can make daily that can make a world of difference in how they feel. Yeah. Um, Lots of free content on my website. I also just recently launched my own podcast with um, one of my friends from school from national. She's a naturopath, Dr. Nicole Huffman. um, And it's called coffee with the docs. So we're on Apple podcast, Spotify, Google play. So some of them are like us talking about a, a certain thing. Some of them are us interviewing, you know, someone like yourself about various topics. So that's another big thing I'm doing. Otherwise, Very um, cool. primarily I'm on Instagram. So Dr. Diaby Kramer. Very cool. Yeah. Just kind of looking through your blog there, you know, I've got some great things. Dr. Abby's favorite things of 2018, a gluten and dairy free, a pumpkin pie recipe that I'm definitely going to try. Oh, it's um, literally insane. I have, I have some qualms with the three coffee alternatives to kick caffeine. Cause why would you ever want an alternative to coffee? Right. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm back on the caffeine train right now. hundred percent. But at the time I was doing it, you know, for some hormone stuff, whatever. And so sure, I literally yeah. tried everything and those are actually pretty good. I just argue the gut health uh, perspective from coffee and try to just say, oh, don't worry about caffeine. But yeah. the coffee, your your guts, you know. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you listen to Dave Asprey's stuff, he's yeah. all about how it's like a superfood and – he just like yeah. slays anyone that has problems with caffeine. So we've seen some interesting uh, thing. My wife specializes in nutrition herself, and yeah. you know she showed me some studies that are like, wow, they're doing like six to four to six cups a day, showing improvement in gut health. And I'm like, yes, I'll make two French 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 fresh pots. Well, that's French where pots. There you go. Yeah. So <laughs> Dave Asprey's whole thing is that it's all about the quality of the coffee. Actually, absolutely. You know, I, I actually so, say that a lot about food in general. Is like yeah. you can. You can denounce all of the food you want, but you have to also ask about quality, not what the food is necessarily all the time. Yes. Coffee is a big thing there. Yeah. Because coffee is honestly, um, you could speak on this probably more better than I can. Coffee is a highly, oh, I forget the term that's used, 
it is um, it's sprayed a lot. So coffee yep. in general yeah. gets a lot of you know pesticide exposure. Um, yes. So finding pesticides the right quality and, one and mold. Ah, yes. highly contaminated with mold. And Dave Asprey's whole thing. If you guys don't know him, he's the bulletproof coffee dude. Um, his whole thing is like most coffee. If it's not organic, it's not even checked for mold. And if oh, you're geez, a yeah. person where you have coffee and you crash or you get jittery or whatever, it's actually toxins from mycotoxins from mold. It's not the caffeine wow. crash. Okay. Which I was like, what? I heard him speak at a conference. So um, his stuff, of course, then he's like, oh, no, buy my coffee because it's the most pure. But <laughs> his sure. stuff is like triple <laughs> tested. Like it's really, really clean. So. Okay. Yeah. I actually haven't tried his coffee, but you know, knowing that now that's actually interesting. It should look a little bit more into that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, if I can, you know, kind of end this on a disgusting note is, uh, isn't there some, some like control of quality standard with, you know, cheap coffee where it's like, you're allowed to have this many bits of insects in your coffee or something like that. Have you heard of that? I I have heard of that. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. I don't it know doesn't surprise sure, me at but... all, but still grosses me out. Like that's yeah. why F- Folgers is not in my house. Especially you know? if you buy it ground, who knows what's in there? Yeah. That's another big thing, you know? Yeah. Don't, it's gotta be whole bean, grind it yourself. Right. Yeah. Great. Great point. Yeah. So uh, <coughs> Abby, you did mention your practice um, also has its own website. Is that correct? Yes. So my practice website, I'm in Glenview, Illinois. Um, and it's be optimal. Beoptimal.com or Beoptimal Holistic Health Center in Glenview. So very cool. Yeah. Or stop by if you're in the area. I might. My father lives up in Glenview now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, we're both in the Chicago suburbs. You're the Northwest. I'm in, you know, the Western suburbs, but I'm in Indianapolis right now. It's right. really hard this too. <laughs> so, so, this is such a weird, like, we keep missing each other. So. Yeah. Well, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Tell us where you can get they can get you on Instagram. We know your websites. Where can they reach you if they want to, you know, ask some more questions about some of the amazing stuff you do? Yeah. Um, I mean, email dr.abbykramer at gmail um, is easy. Also, just Instagram. Um, that's probably the easiest. I don't do a ton on Facebook. Um, so Instagram is probably easier to just send me a message. Um, I'm the same way. dr.abbykramer. Absolutely. So definitely uh, check out Abby. Uh, we're going to do our best to get that research that you did um, out to the Rock Tape community. Um, oh, yeah. Just email out. me if you want that too. In the meantime, I'd be happy to send it. Yeah. If anybody's you know within the Facebook uh, medical professionals group, that's something we can possibly share in there, but try to get it on the website because that, that's a fascinating study. Really, really cool stuff. Check out uh, Dr. Uh, DrAbbyKramer.com for uh, Abby's uh, blogs, everything that she does, BeOptimal.com for practice. And then uh, check out uh, Abby on Instagram, uh, Kramer. Yep. At DrAbbyKramer. You know why I do that? Because that? my name is horrible. If it's not separated, it's Drabby. Drabby Kramer. <laughs> I can't do it. That's like if you have a little bit too much to drink, that's your alias. It's yeah, like, exactly. oh, she's drabby. drabby. <laughs> For sure. Maybe drabby will come out at Rockstock. Oh, are you going to be at Rockstock? Am I going to see you? Be there. Finally. Finally meet each other. Awesome. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Abby, thank you so much for You're taking welcome. the time. Great conversation. I, I learned a ton, uh, especially about AK. Really cool stuff. Check Abby out 
ask her questions. She's very open to helping anybody out. Definitely check out her website too. Abby, again, thank you so much. Thank you so much.